I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Hope that you are having a good Thursday. It is an off day for the Kings after winning their opener in fine fashion last night, scoring 130 against the Jazz. Tomorrow, it is the home opener against the Golden State Warriors. NFL football, we have got the Bucks and the Bills. Uh, raise your hand if you've figured out the Buffalo Bills, because I sure haven't. I mean, I have no idea which Bills team will show up for Thursday night football, all right? Uh, You got Brock Purdy in concussion protocol. Don't know if he'll play against the Bengals. So we've got a lot going on. And the World Series, game one, begins tomorrow with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. So you know the routine, all right? What do you want to talk about today? Raise your hand. And we'll do it. Don't forget that coming up tomorrow, we will have the pregame show, the halftime show, and the postgame show all over on my YouTube channel if you don't like that. Okay? Good numbers. Really enjoyed how many people were with us live and then went back and watched the postgame show when they were able to. Really happy about that. Uh, Thank you for your support. All right? So. Here we go. Raise your hand, and we'll put you right on. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk Kings? Anything you didn't like? You want to talk NFL? What do you want to talk about? It's your turn. We'll get the show rolling. I'll get you right up until Thursday Night Football with the Bills and the Buccaneers. But, you know, I did a post-game show on this with Ryan. I did a rant on this. Other, and again, I'm, I hate to pick on a guy, but other than maybe Kevin Herter, right? Other than Kevin Herter, who's really struggling right now, I think everything looked pretty darn good. All right, let's get to Al. Al, welcome to the show. Hey, Nave, it's Victory Thursday, bro. Yep, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. Listen to your uh, the shows on, on YouTube. By the way, if... When I'm on YouTube, I change my name. I don't like I don't like my real name to be out there because you know I got some people probably. So I go by Riley. So just to let you know, that, not that that's important, but you know, so I have to have a, a what do you call that a alter ego? Yeah. Hey, uh, well, you know what? I know who you are. I know I know your names. I know what you go through, and I think most people probably didn't. But thank you for uh, you know educating everyone so what do you want to talk about today buddy i just want to say i got a question 
Help me out. I'm not a diehard NBA guy, but a couple of questions. First off, Davion Mitchell, people, you know, he's a solid defender. I mean, that's a given. But do they, people keep talking his offensive game just hasn't come around. I know he's a backup point guard, but is that really what they need from him? I mean, they got it's enough sports. Yep. Al, half the game is played on the offensive end of the floor. So if you're going to be yeah. a point guard, you have to be able to play offense. And if you don't, you're not going to be able to stay on the floor that long. So, yes, they do need that from him. Absolutely. It would be like a quarterback who can't throw the football. Uh, okay. I was just thinking that there's been a lot of teams, uh, you know, over the years that ha- have had had a defensive stopper, you know, but who maybe couldn't really put the ball in not, the hole. But I, I'm thinking not, of Rodman. Not, 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 not in this era of the NBA. Yes, right. you are 100% correct that there yeah. were times when you could have a, a, a non – scoring point guard be very effective yeah. in the NBA. Those that doesn't happen anymore. Though that those days are gone right. because the game has changed so much out right. from a low post game to a three point shooting game. You are you are absolutely correct. But the game's not played like that anymore. Okay. And I have a and as far as the bonus, I mean he's just he's just like Charles Barkley always called uh Tim Duncan Groundhog Day. And that's for me with Sabonis, man. He's always you'd always count on him for 20 and 10. And maybe like he's up there and assists, you know, and had a couple blocks. And the guy's just phenomenal. He's just is the glue yeah. that holds it all together. And let me ask you about Sabonis. Is he, this is again my non NBA, is he more of a power forward, a four than a five? I know he can play the five and he's played it a lot. And he's played it well, but he, he's 240 pounds. Is he more like a four? What do you think? Uh, it's a great question. I think with the way the, the way the NBA game is played today, I think he's actually more of a five, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he's very adept skill wise. Yeah. He's a tremendous passer. So you can use him in a, in a lot of, uh, uh, uh different yeah. ways, but I think with the, the way the game is played today, right. probably more five, but yeah, you can play four for sure. Yeah, he could do it both. But uh, who was your biggest? Uh, I know the biggest disappointment is probably Herder, but who was somebody? I think the newcomers, the two newcomers, Duarte and uh, the kid. I forget the kid's name now. The kid they they got uh, Zankov. Yeah, they played well. They had like about fifteen minutes, I yep. think, each, and they played real well. Yep, I was very happy with both of them, and it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to the environment tomorrow. Uh, at Golden One Center. Our place is going to be unbelievable. That's going to be a tremendous game uh, tomorrow with the Kings and the Warriors. Yeah, and you had good numbers last night overall on all the platforms. Yep. Very happy. Right. And I'm, very, I'm very with very you happy. on the Bills. I'm with you on the Bills, man. I, I can't figure that team out, but, you know, I'm a Rams fan, so, but I'm, Rams are kind of, they're, they don't play four quarters. They play like one good half, yep. either the first half or the second half. That's their issue. So thanks for taking the call. Hey, look, Great no, call no, last night. You, let me, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. Let me ask you, since we didn't have a show yesterday uh, because of all the Kings programming, yeah. uh, did you have any fantasy football questions you wanted to put out there or are you all good for this week? Yeah, I did. And I understand you couldn't do the show. You, you had a lot on your plate. The first game of the season, man. But yeah, I do have a, a fantasy football question. If Cody or or Ryan or yourself, uh, I got offered a trade. I, 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 the guy gets from me, he will get Jalen Hurts and Brees Hall, and he sends me Christian McCaffrey and, and a Trevor Lawrence. 
Okay, anyone that want to chime in here and join uh, Al or Riley on the roundtable, all you need to do <laughs> is raise your hand and we'll put you right on. Connor, good to have you on here. Uh, hi, how are, you, how are you, Connor? Doing good, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, Connor, you how are you Yeah, I would definitely accept that trade. Christian McCaffrey's probably the top fantasy player this year, and Trevor Lawrence is also a pretty good player, and I'd take that over Brees Hall. I think that McCaffrey's much better than Brees Hall, whereas for fantasy, Hurts and Lawrence aren't miles apart. All right. You know, that's good information there. Hang on, Al. Thank you. John, go ahead. John, welcome to the show. Go ahead, John. Hey, guys. Al, uh, I got a... I got to agree with Connor on this one, man. McCaffrey, he's going to come back. And when he does come back, he is always, he's always putting up numbers, it seems to me. And as yeah. for Trevor Lawrence, that guy, he's going to put up numbers. The, it seems yeah. to me the, the longer he goes through the season, the better, the better he seems to be playing. So I think that's, I think that's a no brainer. Take that one. Yeah. Right, that's on. what got, Al, Al, hang on. Ryan, go ahead. We want you to uh, chime in here before we get back to Al. Go ahead. Oh, why the hell are you kicking this around with us knuckleheads, dude? Go accept that trade now. Run. I, I got, you know, it's on the docket. I'm definitely, I got, I'm definitely considering it. Hey, I want a McCaffrey. McCaffrey was my overall number one pick before the year started, but I was a number three pick. And all of a sudden he was gone and he went in the top two. And then I was like, oh, who am I going to get? I got Austin Eckler and he's been a disappointment. And I hope he can turn it around. But if he can... And I have McCaffrey and Eckler, and Eckler can get it going. You know, I can get by with a marginal quarterback. And I like what John said. I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence, he's dealing with some, some he's dinged up a bit. But, yeah, I th thanks, guys. I, it's, there's a consensus there. So I'm I'm going to pull the trigger on it and, you know. And I don't, you know, Philly's got a tough schedule for the rest of the way, too. So that's another factor that I was looking at, you know, Hurts. You know, he might have to be struggling. They got two more get two games at the Cowboys and you know, so thank you guys. You guys have anything? Uh, Connor, you got yeah. anything? How are your league going? Yeah, I'm 0 and seven in my league, so I can use any help I can get at this point. I don't believe wow. a guy that knows knows as much knowledge as you have for football would be 0 and seven, but I think you're in school now. So sometimes you, your time is kind of it's tough to manage those things. Yeah, I went with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon in my first three rounds, and Bengals have been terrible, so that pretty much sums it up. Connor, yeah. what, Connor, what made you do that? I mean, they were all supposed to be really good. Burrow yeah. coming yeah. off the contract, Chase, yeah. top two receiver, and then I liked Mixon. It just hasn't worked out. I, yeah. I, I yeah, I'm with you. I, I think uh, – sorry to interrupt, Brian. I love a combination, and you couldn't get a better combo pre-draft. And our, one of the top was, uh, you know, Burrow and, and Chase. But who would have thought, saw Burrow dealing with the injury that's kind of lingered with him into the season and I think hurt his production. So, you know, you might still be able to catch fire, but 0-7 is a, a tough hole, yeah. Anybody else got anything? All right, Al, thank you very much, buddy. You have a good one, uh, Connor, and uh, everyone else. Uh, really appreciate you uh, joining us here. And if you want to come back on uh, and ask an individual question, hey, you are. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Leave me up for a sec. I want to uh, chime yep. in on the uh, Sabonis question. I, I think Sabonis could be a four if you had a stretch five next to him. I don't disagree with that. 
I, I that's why I said I think he could play depending on who's on the floor. I don't think there's any question about it. the way the game is played now. You know, it's called positionless basketball, and it really right. is positionless basketball in the NBA. That's the way the game's played. I, I agree with that. Yeah, um, you're spot on too about defense. So yeah, just wanted to chime that in, buddy. All right, have a good one. Thank you very you much. Too. Yep. All right. Yeah, the way again, the game is played different. You can't really like compare back to a different era. Well, no, the game is totally different now. It just is, you know. And as far as like a Davion Mitchell, yeah, he he does help out the team considerably on defense. But if you're going to play point guard in the NBA, you've got to be able to be an offensive threat. Not not a, not a superpower, but you need to be able to score. And that's still an area of his game that I think needs to get there, gets better. All right. Again, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here. And uh, we do welcome back Connor to the show. Connor, good to have you on today. How are you? Doing good, Grant. How are you? Good, buddy. Yeah, I was just going to mention Davion Mitchell. It seems that we heard all the buzz in the offseason working with Steph Curry's shooting coach and this and that, but I know it's just one game, but he looks like the same player that he was in 13 minutes, not scoring a single point. I hold him to a higher standard than, and I'm a lot more worried about him than Kevin Herter because Kevin Herter's shown that he can do it. He shot 40% from three last year. Davion Mitchell, it's only been in bunches. So I don't know how long Mike Brown's going to wait before having to make a change there. I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you a hundred percent. And it's not really, it's about consistency and his offensive, you know, the first two plus years in one game, his offense has been incredibly inconsistent. There are times when he shows that he can score, but then it goes away for several games and being a professional athlete and being good or maintaining playing time is all about consistency. And he's just incredibly inconsistent. And you make a good point about Kevin Herter. Mike Brown is more apt to stay with Herter because he knows he can do it because he's done it for several years in the NBA. And so you're hoping that the guy comes out of his slump, if you want to call it that, and you know that he's capable because you've seen it very often, whereas with Mitchell, you haven't. So you, you make a you make a very good comparison there. Yeah, and another thing when I was watching the game, I was looking at Keegan Murray, and he got two threes early. And I think, do you think that that's going to be something that Mike Brown and the Kings intentionally look to get him going early? If they're expecting him to make this big jump, I think that intentionally trying to get him touches early will help get his confidence up. Yeah, and I think if he's open, shoot the ball. He's a good shooter. So if he's open – Shoot the ball. And you made a great point on YouTube last night about his rebounding. You know, eight rebounds, that that's outstanding. Yeah, it's exactly what you want. There were too many games last year when he had, like, zero or just a couple. So I know it's obviously one sample-sized game, but that's really good improvement in that category. Yeah, and I think the fact that Sacramento scored 130 points last night where they didn't get much from their backcourt – from Fox and Herter. I mean, think about that. They were combined two of 12 from beyond the circle, and yet they still scored 130 points. That just shows you how much uh, offense this team has. 
Yeah, and then the other stat I mentioned yesterday was Malik Monk getting seven assists. And I think yeah. that just kind of shows that if Davion's not producing, Malik Monk can be the ball handler and the playmaker on the bench. Well, and you'll see more of that. I think you make a good point. I mean, seven assists for Monk, that is uh, big time. You know, I like the Kings bench. I've been talking about this, Connor, for the last couple of weeks. You know, I like their depth. I like their bench. Uh, it's very good. And Mike Brown now has, you know, a lot of different ways he can go. He has different options. And if somebody doesn't have their game on a particular night, he can go in a different direction. Yeah, and without Trey Lyles last night, I'm really interested to see when he returns. How does Mike Brown divvy up those minutes? Who do you think will drop in minutes? Or do you just think he's going to take it game by game? Who has the hot hand? Who doesn't? I think the latter. You know, I think he's going to play Sasha Vizank off. There's, you know, they, they, they're pretty high on him. And they already know what Lyles can do. I would think that Lyles will probably get more time than Vizenkov, but if Sasha is in a groove, then you probably keep him up there. I think Lyles probably does more things than Sasha, but Sasha's three-point shooting ability is pretty pretty special when he gets it going. Yeah, it is. And last thing, do you think that Buffalo will – they can't have three straight dud games, can they? Do you think they take care of it tonight? Well, they can because <laughs> you can't have – three uh, duds in a row unless you have two in a row. So can they do it? Yeah, they can. But I, I, I'm picking them uh, tonight. I, I think they've got to they've got to come out of this. I mean, the last two weeks, they've been horrible. I can't imagine it being three weeks in a row. But I also, to me, it's all on Josh Allen. I mean, he started the game last week, the first play from scrimmage, and he throws a horrible pick. And all of a sudden, or uh, New England's got the lead, and it's a tough way to start the game. Very similar to what happened in the 49ers-Vikings game. You know, the 49ers come up with the turnover. They're driving. Uh, they've got the ball in the red zone, and Christian McCaffrey fumbles, which seemed to really change the momentum of that game around. Yeah, and I think that they need to go back to what was working in the beginning of the season, and that's running the football with James Cook. It seems like the last couple of games he hasn't gotten going too much, and they've had really bad games. So I wonder if yeah. they'll try to give him carries early and see if he can break one. You think the Giants scored 10 or more points against the Jets defense this week? It depends who's playing quarterback this week. Do we know yet? Well, it looks like Tyrod Taylor is what I'm reading from the New York papers. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, the corners for the Jets are really good. So, I mean, the Giants have some yeah. playmakers that can go downfield and it looks like for the first time in a while that we actually have a guy that's throwing it downfield and it's working. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they scored 10 or less points on the game Sunday. Yeah, I'll take the over, but probably not too much. Maybe 14, yeah. 17. And the only way that they score over 10 is if the defense comes up with a score. So uh, I, I just offensively, I don't see them scoring more than 10 points. I think their offensive line is going to have major issues against the Jets' pass rush, and I think that the Jets will create some turnovers because of that. Yeah, I totally agree. The defense has been playing really well the last couple of weeks, and I think Bobby Okereke has been one of the best offseason pickups yep. in the NFL. Been really good, hasn't he? I mean, really, really good. So we'll see. It's going to be a hard game. Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think both teams will not score a lot in this game, but I just – 
the NFL is about matchups, and I don't like the matchups. The Jets' offense, or excuse me, the Giants' offense against this Jets' defense. I, I'm just trying to figure out how they're going to score. Yeah, you have a very mobile quarterback, and yeah, he's going to be able to roll out, maybe extend the pocket, and but I just, uh, I'm, I'm not crazy about the matchup. Yeah, I agree. It's all about that offensive line. That's all I got today. Thanks for having me. Connor, thank you, buddy. Good to hear from you. And if you want to get in on the program, all you need to do is raise your hand uh, and we will do it. All right. We And if you want to go open forum, uh, we can do that if you want to talk about anything else because of the show with Jerry yesterday, followed by the six o'clock start with all of the programming we had. Uh, I did not get an open forum uh, Wednesday. So, you know, if you want to go and talk about that. You know, a lot of people have been asking me, and I have not yet responded, so I will do it now. I don't have a problem with Mike Brown talking about the shooting in Lewiston, Maine. I don't have a problem with that at all. Here's my issue, okay? Everyone knows that sports becomes secondary to tragedies, all right? That's just life. In other words, that's called common sense. Nobody would try to put a sport, or at least very few people would try to put a sporting event over a tragedy, okay? We, we understand that. I watched what Mike Brown said. I thought it was very well stated, very eloquent, very heartfelt. But as difficult as it is to make the transition, he's paid to be a basketball coach for the Sacramento Kings. And I'm fine with freedom of speech, and I'm fine with that, okay? But then he needs to answer questions about the game because that's his job and there are people whose job it is to cover the game that was just played the game was not postponed because of the shooting in Lewiston Maine okay the game went on so his job is not only to coach the game but to talk to the media after the game. And as I said, I'm fine with his comments if that's the direction he wants to go in. But then, in my opinion, he needs to make the transition back to asking, answering questions about the game if there are those who want to ask him questions about the game after that. Okay. That's my opinion on that. If you disagree, that's fine. I got no issues at all. If you disagree with that, but that's, that's all I'm going to go. Okay. I mean, he, he said, you know, I heard about all of this walking in to the arena. Well, he still coached the game, right? He still did his job. So that's, that's where I'm at. All right. Let's get to, uh, Al again. Al, how are you? Hey, Grant. Thank you for uh, throwing out the fantasy uh, roundtable. I appreciate you. You're so gracious about that. And 
and the guys came back with the with the trade offer. I'm with you though. I just real quick, I agree with your your whole statement. I mean, it was great. You know, it showed a lot of empathy to uh, you know acknowledge the incident right off the bat. But then you definitely gotta you know answer some questions, man. You gotta address the media about the game. I mean, I'm 100 with you, but so I. I can't. I can't argue anything that you said there. I completely agree. He 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 had a heartfelt, you know, acknowledged the incident, the terrible nature of the incident. But you know, the game was played. The game wasn't postponed, and you know, it's a, it was another regrettable, you know, mass shooting. But you know, I do agree agree with you one hundred percent. He should. He needed to address the, um, you know, the game as uh, and. You know, because there are reporters, people need to report on the game and do their job and get the. Well, team. you know, the game was played. The game, the, the game was played. Okay, the game went on. Yeah. So, if there are reporters that want to ask questions about the game that was just played, then I believe you should answer them again. Yep. And again, I'm not, I'm not coming down on Mike Brown. I'm not criticizing Mike Brown. I'm just oh. saying I believe that in that situation. I'm okay with this. What he said again. I watched it. Uh, I, I and I agree with him. Okay, I, everything he said. Well, I agree with almost everything he said. I do not agree with what he said about LeBron James, but I do yeah. agree with everything he said except for the comment about LeBron James. Yeah. But then I think it's your job if there are those that want to ask questions. I think it's your job to answer them. Now you can answer them. Hey, you can say, "Hey, I'm really not in the frame of mind," uh, and he did say that, you know. But he still should sit there and at least attempt to answer the questions. I totally wanted to agree, but I'll let you go. Thanks again for uh, throwing the roundtable out there real quick with the fantasy. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna go thank you. Right now. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. i got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Z-Biotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Z-Biotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Riley signing off. Again, I I don't agree with the comment about LeBron and because of his following use. LeBron only talks about one issue and one issue only when it comes to a social media. And I've talked about this for years, okay? He's extremely selective with his noise against hate. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? I haven't seen one social media post by LeBron James condemning anti-Semitism in this country. Not one. Not one. Well, why is that? Does he not care about the Jewish people in the United States? Does he not care about awful acts of anti-Semitism that happen in this country? Right? I mean, I can go on and on about this. So I, I don't agree that, you know, LeBron James is using his platform to make a difference. I don't think he's using his platform at all to make a difference. I've been very open about this. I think he's I think he uses his platform to divide the country. That's what I think. Because I think if you're going to be if you want to be a leader, okay, and you want to be a voice of what's right and what's wrong, then you can't only be a voice of certain things based on your ethnicity, okay? You can't just be a voice for black people. You're too big for that. You have too many people that follow you and look up to you, okay? If you wanna be a true leader off the court, yeah, it's fine and dandy to wanna be at the top of the mountain for the black community, that's fine and dandy. But you're missing a phenomenal opportunity to perhaps galvanize people, condemn not only violence and criminal acts and acts of hatred against the black community. No, you're in a position where you need to condemn it for all people not just black people. So I do not agree at all with Mike Brown and that comment about LeBron James, okay? I mean, I haven't seen LeBron make any comment. Maybe I'm missing it, and if I have missed it, forgive me. I haven't seen him making any comment on the shooting in Lewiston, Maine. I certainly heard Mike Brown give a very eloquent, heartfelt dialogue of over three minutes on what happened with the awful mass shooting in Maine. I heard Mike Brown. I haven't heard LeBron yet. Again, I think LeBron is very selective with his noise. And for that reason, I have zero respect for the man off the basketball floor. On the floor, I've got 100% respect for him. 100%. I think he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal player, 
I think he's great. Off the floor, 0%. Zero. So other than that, I got no problem with what Mike Brown said. None. Zero. But I do believe at that point, as difficult as it may be in his mind, okay, and he said he would, you know, talk tomorrow, meaning today. Well, you know, 24 hours later wouldn't change your frame of mind as it relates to the shootings in Lewiston, Maine. Or at least I, I wouldn't think so. So that's just my take. I, I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill here. You know, I, I have the utmost respect for Mike Brown. And I've said this the day he was hired. I've never heard a bad word from anyone in the NBA about Mike Brown. Now, I've heard people question coaching. I've heard people criticize him for coaching. But as, as a human being, I haven't heard one bad thing about Mike Brown. Not one from anyone. And I know a lot of people in the league, trust me. And I know a lot of people that have played for Mike Brown. And I know other coaches that have coached with Mike Brown. I know a lot of people in the media that have worked with Mike Brown, meaning covered the teams that he coached for. Not one person, not one, has ever uttered a bad word about Mike Brown. So I wanted to put that out there. All right. If you want to get on before uh, Thursday night football starts, very easy to do so. Raise your hand uh, and we will do it. And by the way, you know, I think it's very fair to say this. If our coaches and athletes spoke out about all the misgivings and horrible things going on in our world right now, they probably would never get to questions about the game they just played or about the game they're going to play. So there's that as well. All right. There's that as well. All right. So here's the schedule tomorrow. Okay. Ryan's going to be coming on with the pregame show at 630. Then Jerry joins us at halftime. And then the postgame show right after the Kings and the Warriors for the home opener. Going to be a phenomenal day tomorrow. Going to be a lot of excitement. Going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. And it's John. Hey, John, what's going on? Oh, just getting home, getting driving home from work. I just wanted to chime in a little bit on what uh, a couple of things that you were saying. As for Mike Brown, I 100% agree with what he said. And uh, granted, he should have, in my opinion, he should have answered some basketball questions, but that is absolutely up to him. It's, it's his feelings, not our feelings. So I commend him for saying anything at all. And if he didn't want to answer questions, that's okay. I kind of would have liked to hear something, but it's his feelings, not ours. So I'm fine with it. It's his decision in it. And for him at least to say something was, I think a good thing. Like you were saying, LeBron, he's crickets. That's all you hear when you, when it's something like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, as for the Buffalo Bills, my God, Grant, talk about up and down. I just don't know what I'm seeing out of Josh Allen. You know, he reminds me of a quarterback that I root for every Sunday. I yeah. mean, yeah. It, it's it's strange. It's strange. Sometimes he looks like, you know, best damn quarterback in the league. 
And then another time he'd throw a pass at you and I wouldn't throw a pass. So it's, it's tough to win. It's tough to win. It's tough to win in the NFL when your quarterback turns the ball over. Man, no kidding at all. No kidding at all. Yeah. I just wanted to chime in a little bit and say, I don't know what the hell's up with, uh, with Josh Allen and, I commend Mike Brown for saying anything at all, and it was his decision, Grant. Yep. So, thank you. That's buddy. all I got today. And uh, hey, well, Grant, that was one fun or three fun shows yesterday, pre, thank half, you, and post. That was a ton of fun. I'm just looking so forward to this season and all the content. And hey, maybe I'll grow a beard on one of your post game shows this year. There you go. <laughs> You're the best, John. Have a good night, buddy. You take care. Good stuff right there. Again, I don't have a problem with what Mike Brown said. I, I, I don't at all. None, you know. All right. Uh, don't forget, tomorrow, pre-half and post. Looking forward to it. Get ready for Thursday Night Football. You all take care. And thanks very much for joining us right here on Listen Out. So long, everybody.